If you have your Bible, turn to Acts chapter 8. So a couple of weeks ago, I got to preach about a guy in Acts chapter 10 called Cornelius. And uh, he was doing everything right. Picture perfect churchgoer kind of a guy, but God sends an angel from heaven to warn him that he doesn't have it together. He needs to get saved. So in Acts chapter 8, we have another, we have another story here of a guy from Ethiopia. In the, uh, the Bible says uh, God sends an angel to tap on Philip's heart and tell him, run down there in the desert. There's this guy down there heading home. Back to Ethiopia, he's not saved, but he wants to be saved. He just needs to know how to be saved, amen? So if you're here today, you don't know for sure if you died, you go to heaven. Or if you're on live stream and you're maybe this first time you've ever logged in to uh, Riverside Baptist, but you're looking for God, the message today is for somebody, somebody that's looking for God, can't find God. Needs the Lord. Been looking everywhere. Religion, can't find him. But he's alive. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen. Acts chapter 8, verse 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, Behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasure, had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning, and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, Go near, join thyself to this chariot. Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, how can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter, like a lamb dumb before his shear. So he opened not his mouth in his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth? Verse 34, and the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet of this, of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came into a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. They went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. Let's pray. Now, Father, we, uh, we need you today in a special way. Father, I, I have notes, I have thoughts, Lord, but your thoughts are a lot higher than my thoughts. And so, Father, I need your help today. I need the power of the Holy Spirit to direct my thinking. And, and uh, Lord, just everything I say, Lord, help it to, uh, Lord, help it to be a, uh, a blessing to you first and then to those listening. I pray for somebody maybe on live stream that uh, doesn't know 
you, doesn't know God, looking for God. Maybe somebody in this uh, building today, Lord, that's not saved, they know that, they've been maybe putting it off, or somebody just has religion but doesn't have Christ. Lord, help us to see these things and understand these things today, and, and we'll give you the praise and the glory for it. Thank you for being so good to us. just want to tell you we love you. In Christ's name, amen. You may be seated. So down through time, from the beginning of creation, man has tried to find God. But, but when man does it his way, he only finds religion. Amen? When man's trying to find God, he'll do a lot of different things. Invent things, build idols. Because God puts it in everybody. Are you listening? God puts it in everybody that there is a God. And, uh, and God has a special place in everybody, every human being, an empty void, if you will, just for him, just for God. And so uh, as a man grows or a woman grows, and they, they try to put all kinds of things in that void, that empty spot, trying to make themselves happy, trying to uh, just have fulfillment in life. Uh, but that empty place in there, God made for his son, Jesus Christ. Nobody can fill that spot but him. Nobody can make you happy. Young people, are you listening to me? Nobody can give you that happiness and joy in life except Jesus Christ. So, Jeremiah 29 says this, And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. So if you're looking for God, or have been looking for God, maybe you haven't found him yet, but if you're looking for God, the Bible says here that you can find him. He'll make himself known to you. Amen? I think I said this a couple of weeks ago, that as, you, that as you start wondering about God, and uh, maybe uh, talking about these young people, I don't know, when I, was, when I was a young person, that was a little while ago, amen? But when I was a young person, I used to lay in bed at night. I wasn't saved. And I, I was right next to a window. I could see the stars at night when I would lay down and go to sleep. I would see the stars, and I always wondered this. Is there a God? Is he mad at me? Does he care about me? Does he even know I exist? I don't know. Young people have those thoughts, but I did. And uh, Jesus said this in John 12, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. So Jesus said, when they, when they nail me to the cross... That's what's going to draw men and women to me. My sacrificial death for mankind. So if you're looking for uh, or salvation for your, uh, from your sins, and you're looking for a relationship with God, you want to go to heaven after you die, it's all in Jesus Christ, plus nothing, minus nothing. Amen? It's not Jesus and his mother. It's not Jesus and baptism. Not Jesus and keeping the Ten Commandments. It's, none of the, it's just Jesus, period. It's just him. Amen. Yeah. So today's story is about a man from Ethiopia who wants to find the true and living God. Hopefully he will find mercy and forgiveness with that same God. Amen. And uh, we're, looking, we're just go down through these verses. Look at verse 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip 
saying, Arise and go toward the south into the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And it is desert. I've been over there. It's just nothing but desert. Amen? They have their rainy season, and things turn green, but when it stops raining, it all turns back to desert. But uh, the angel tells Philip, Get down there in the desert. I got some for you to, somebody for you to talk to down there. And so, uh, but why? Why should I go? Well, God knows this person from Ethiopia. Are you with me? God knows you. He knows all of your thoughts. Do you know that, young people? He knows all of your thoughts. What you're thinking now. <laughs> We're talking about God, amen? See, he knows this Ethiopian guy. And he knows everything that's been going through his mind ever since he was a kid, growing up. And uh, he's, uh, evidently this guy wants to know God. He's from Ethiopia. And uh, i got to stay to my notes here. I'm going to get messed up. <clears throat> so God noticed this man from Ethiopia is looking for him. So what happens? God sends a man. <laughs> God always sends a man. Amen? I mean, it's evident in Scripture as you read through the Bible Somebody wants to know God, God goes over here, taps on this guy's shoulder, or sends an angel to tell that guy, get over here, there's somebody who wants to know me. Amen? What? I just want to chase a rabbit. You're pumping gas. God taps on your heart. Did you get up that morning? Looking for somebody, not mad at God? Or did you just get up and you're buried in your cares and you're just pumping gas and you just got to go to work? I hate that job. <laughs> See? You're pumping gas. And God says, give that guy on the other side or that lady on the other side a track. You know, what's, you know what's happening there? Same thing is happening here. God wants to use you. Amen? God always sends a man. <clears throat> so it's important to be plugged in when you start your day to God. Anyway, it says, Arise and go towards uh, Gaza from the south. It's about 80 miles from Jerusalem down to Gaza. So what is that? That's about uh, two days running time, three and a half days walking time. <laughs> and so, uh, so, what's, so what's going on here? So Philip... He's trying to catch this chariot. So he's running. I used to be able to run. My legs are going. Amen. I can't run like I used to. Anyway, he's running. And you think about the, you think about this whole story. I just I had this thought that this guy's riding in his chariot. He had bought a scroll of the book of Isaiah. He's reading through Isaiah. He's I'm getting ahead of myself, but he's trying to find God, right? And so the Holy Spirit times it just perfect that when Philip gets there, alongside the chariot, this guy's reading chapter 53, verses 7 and 8. Is that God or what? God puts the whole thing together. <clears throat> so anyway, look at verse 27. And he arose and went, behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, and a Candace queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, had come to Jerusalem for to worship. So, he's a, he's a Gentile. He's a man from Ethiopia. The Bible says he's a eunuch. So, uh, without getting into lots of details on what a eunuch is, I think most everybody knows, but let me say this. A eunuch is someone uh, 
A young man who has had parts of his body removed to prevent him from having any kind of normal sexual activity. It's a gruesome thing to even think about. And sometimes they didn't even live through it, becoming a eunuch. Brother Mike, what are you talking about that for? That's kind of, that's kind of, well, you, you know, you read your Bible, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, eunuchs. Yeah. He's been deprived of that part of his life that God gave to men to enjoy with their wife. It's a gruesome thing. It's a, it's a terrible thing. So why are you mentioning that? I mention it because of this. <clears throat> I meet people all the time, prison, jail, on the street, and they're mad at God. This guy's not mad at God. He's been made a eunuch. Probably when he was a young man. Listen, back in those days when one nation conquered another nation, they would take all the young men, make them eunuchs. Just so they wouldn't be able to have any relationship with the women on the other side who conquered them. So what are you talking about this for? I just want to bring this point up that there's a lot of people mad at God. All the time, mad at God. This guy's not mad at God. He's looking for God. And he's had some rough things in his life. Amen? Now, I'm not belittling when you have bad things happen in your life. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not. But hey, I've knocked on doors before. Invite people to church. I knocked on this door, started talking to this lady, and she just blurted it out. I'm mad at God. Yeah, so I backed up a little bit. You know, you never know what's going to happen. But... I'm mad at God. I said, what's that all about? She goes, he let my grandpa die. That's a hard thing. I watched both my grandparents die. I watched my mom and dad die. That's part of life. You can't, it's not God's fault anyway. God told Adam and Eve in the garden, you eat of that tree, you're going to die. They chose to do that, amen? It's not God, it's Adam and Eve. It's Adam's fault, right? Blame it on him. But people are mad at God all the time, don't want anything to do with God. You know what's going to happen? You stay in your bitterness to God, you'll die and go to a place called hell and never get saved. Amen? This guy's not mad at God. He's been made a eunuch. I can't even imagine that. I can't even imagine. But, ever since he was a young child, I'm thinking, so you know what he did? He made the, be- uh, the best of a bad situation. He said, okay, I want to live, I want to stay alive. You know what he did? He conformed, are you listening? Young people, are you listening? He conformed to the rules of his captivity. Just like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. And you know what? He got exalted. God exalted him. Well, he doesn't know God yet, but God, the Bible says God raises up and puts down kings, amen? God has exalted this guy. He's the secretary of treasury for the country of Ethiopia. Yeah. He's got a high position. And evidently, he's in such good contact with Candace, queen of Ethiopia, 
that she gives him a whole bunch of camels, not cigarettes, camels loaded down with goods. He takes a trip from Ethiopia to Jerusalem. Months, probably a couple months getting there. Why? Just so he can find God. Amen? He's looking for God. His whole life, he's been looking for God. You know what he does? Look, look, look at this. Uh, verse 27. In charge of all her treasury, had come to Jerusalem for the worship. So here's the deal. Uh, sometime or another, in Ethiopia, he has found out about the Jewish religion. Now, what's the big deal about the Jewish religion? The Jewish religion is a monothe- uh, monotheistic religion. What's that mean? One God. One God. In Ethiopia, there was probably all kinds of religions that had multiple gods. The dirt god. The grass god. The sun god. The moon god. The tree god. The frog god. The fish god. For all you fishermen. Oh, anyway. So he's cut. Hey. So he had this idea. He's heard all these stories about the God of Israel parting the Red Sea, all the plagues. He's done all these miracles. I want to know that one God. Maybe he's the the God, see? He's looking. So what's he do? He travels to Jerusalem. Now, if you've ever been to Jerusalem, I know the Greers have, but uh, when you come to the city of Jerusalem and you start driving through the city, the first thing that you see And it's like, wow, it's the walls around the old city of David. Now, they've been rebuilt, I think, a couple of times. But it's just, just, ooh, awesome. Amen? And it just kind of takes your breath away. This is the city of God. So, as he's traveling, and in those days, the temple would have still been there, see? The temple would have been there. And so he's coming upon the city, he sees the walls, he's getting anxious, I'm going to find this God. I'm going to know this God personally. And he goes, and he, he goes into the temple, and he, because he's such a, a prestige type guy, he's got all these people with him, you know, and he's got a lot of money and all this and everything. And so he goes into the temple, I'm sure the Pharisees all, you know, all the Sanhedrin, all those guys, the priests, Come on in. Let me show you our religiousosity. Let me show you our religion. He's looking for God. And they show him all the, the Judaism religious ceremonial things that you do. Had come to Jerusalem for the worship. Verse 28. Look what it says. Was returning. It didn't say he found him. (laughs) Amen? He went there. Great expectations. I'm going to find this God of the Jews. I'm going to find him. He's got to be the right God. He goes there. What's he find? Religion. He doesn't find God. Bunch of do's and don'ts. God's not in that. Amen? Amen? God wants you to do right. But your salvation is not in do's and don'ts. 
was returning. And sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Now, I like this because this is probably a suburban chariot. He's sitting down. He's got somebody driving. And he's got a big enough seat that pretty soon Philip's going to jump up there and sit with him. So, you know, it's a double-seater chariot, probably. I don't know. Uh, so he's a Jewish proselyte, but he's, he went there to worship, and he didn't find God. He didn't find him. He was returning. He didn't find the one and only true God, and he went through the whole religious services and didn't find what he was looking for. His heart wants to know God. His heart wants to make peace with God. Hey, young people, all right, do you know God? There really is a God. He lives in me. I'm talking about the God who created the world. He lives in me. I tell people that and they go, what? You're weird. But that's salvation. God moves in and lives in you. Is that, is that, that's like unbelievable. That's awesome. But he hasn't found him yet. But two things are, listen, two things have to be present to be saved. You have to have the Word of God and the Holy Spirit to take that Word and tell you you're lost and how to be saved. So look what happens. Verse 28, was returning, sitting his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. What's that? That's the Word of God. Look at verse 29. Then the Spirit. You've got the Word of God there. The Spirit of God's there. What's going to happen? This guy, he's going to find out the true and living God. He's going to find out. I'd love it. This is, a, this is just a great story. So then the Spirit, verse 29, said to Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. So, here we go. Philip's been running, right? He sees the chariot a long way off. And he's really on it now. He's closing the gap. He gets real close to the chariot, and the angel of the Lord, the Spirit of, oh, the Spirit of God, speaks to Philip and says, get over there near the chariot. Get over there near the chariot. So he gets right alongside the chariot. I don't know how fast he's running. <laughs> but he can hear this guy reading. Now the guy reading, he don't even notice Philip. Why is that? He's intent on finding God. <laughs> Philip's running right alongside. Look at it. This is neat. Verse 30. And Philip ran thither to him, and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? Can you understand what you're reading? If you don't know God, the Bible says this, that the things of God are hid to a lost man. Yeah. The word of God makes... Really no sense when you're not saved because you don't know the author. See? So he's trying to make sense of this. All the way back, he's been reading Isaiah. It's got to be here somewhere. I didn't find nothing in their church service, so I bought one of their Bibles. <laughs> he bought a scroll of Isaiah. Isaiah is, uh, uh, let me say it like this. Isaiah is the evangelical <laughs> book in the Old Testament. It proclaims Christ, the Messiah. 
This guy's looking for the Messiah. He's reading. He's trying to figure it out. Look at verse 31. And he said, how can I accept some man should guide me? Man, he said it right on the money, didn't he? I need a man. God always sends a man, amen? He sent a man into my life. He sent somebody into your life, amen? It just, that's just the way God is. Uh, and he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. So he's, he's got a big enough suburban chariot. Two guys can sit and ride while somebody drives. That's pretty neat. So he's reading Isaiah, that he brought that copy. Then we talked about that, and I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, that, 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 that. <clears throat> okay. So let's read what he read out of Isaiah. Look at verse 32. And the place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shear, so he opened not his mouth. And he reads the next verse too. He's trying to make sense. What does this mean? As a lamb dumb or silent before his shears. So we're going to take a time out here. I'm going to tell you a little story. When I was 16 years old, I got my license. Anybody else 16 got their license? Yeah. And that meant that I could go find a job. So back in those days, there was armor and swift, packing houses, slaughterhouses, whatever you want to call them, meat factories in the south part of St. Joe. And uh, if you were a young man and you're willing to work, you could go there and you could sit in this little office, 5 o'clock in the morning with a big chalkboard, and it had jobs of people that called in sick or taking vacations. And you could get a job a day, paid uh, $275 an hour, I think, which was good money. Uh, 55 years ago. <laughs> so anyway, I went there that day and started getting jobs. And then, uh, so I would always get the, the kill floor jobs. You know, you're low on the pole. So the worst jobs, kill floor jobs, that's where they slaughter the animals, cut the hide off, take all the guts and all that stuff. You know, it's just blood everywhere. I mean, it's just, ugh. But for a young teenage guy, Abram, fascinating. Amen? Fascinating. And so, uh, so on my lunchtime, this is what I would do on my lunchtime. I would get my lunch, and I would go to the different kill floors. I, I'm just a weird kid. You know, I'm just fascinating how they butcher animals. And all, you know, I get my lunch and go park myself up on a rail or somewhere and just watch how the whole thing happens. So you go to the cattle kill, and the cows would come in a big kind of a chute building thing, and uh, they had a gun with a little prod, had a 22 shell in it. They would put it on the cow's head, pull the trigger, bang, cow would just fall. Pretty, pretty uh, humane, I guess. Sometimes they would get back up. Then it wasn't humane. They were all over the place. And if they got out of the chute onto the floor, the kill floor, they're running all over. People are running from them, and they're scared. And, you know, it's just a mess. 
screaming and yelling. The cows, you know, bellowing and all this. Anyway, so then I, w- then I went to the hog floor where they kill the hogs. It's so loud, you can scream. And you can't hear yourself because they're squealing so loud. And uh, they would come up in this little bit of a chute, kind of, kind of a little narrow way, and there was these belts, real wide belts, that came in like this, and it would trap the hog with its feet down, and the hog couldn't move, and it would just be kind of fed along. And a guy had a kind of a T-looking thing, had prongs on it. He would put a prong on the head, one on the back, step on this lever, 440 volts. It would knock the hog out. The hog would go out onto another conveyor. Guy would cut its throat, put a chain on it. They'd go just, you know, bleed out. I know it's gory, but the noise. Are you with me? The noise. It's crazy, the noise these animals would make. So, I never had been to the sheep kill. So I went down. The guy told me how to get there. Go down here, go over here, go over here. I'm going there. I don't hear nothing. I don't hear nothing. Around this corner, there's a big pen of sheep. They're not saying nothing. They're the sheep. They don't know what's going on. And so a guy, this is, I don't know how they do it now, but back then, a guy would grab the sheep, put a chain around one leg, and they would haul him up, put him on a rail. Now he's on the rail, he's going through the system, see? They're, they're just alive. There's a guy standing there with a knife. He cuts their throat while they're alive. Back then, I don't know how they do it now. Cut their throat while they're alive, and they would bleed out alive. Now, they didn't do that with the hogs and cows. They did different things. <clears throat> this is what blew me away. I'm lost. I don't know God. I wasn't saved. Okay? Not all, but some of those sheep, he would grab them by one ear to hold their neck, and the sheep would lick. The sheep would lick his hand, his arm. Here's the, here's the sheep, the lamb, l- licking his arm, and he's cutting the lamb's throat. That made a big impression on me, but I didn't know what it meant. I got saved, heard somebody preach this message. About Jesus Christ, the lamb, as dumb or silent before his shears, before those who are going to take his life. Jesus Christ is the lamb of God who said nothing when he was in trial. Who said nothing when they nailed him to the cross. Said nothing hanging up there but seven things that meant a lot. Amen? That blew my mind. That sheep would lick the guy's hand who was cutting his throat. That's a picture of Jesus Christ. What he went through to save us. Amen? Hey, this is the same Lamb of God 
who thundered on Mount Sinai, gave Moses the Ten Commandments and said, you even touch the mountain, you're dead. Put a fence around so the animals don't come. They touch the mountain, they're dead. Why? He's such a high and lifted up and holy and righteous God. But now he becomes a man. He's the Lamb of God. He allows men to nail him to a cross. And so he's reading this scripture. Look what happens. Verse 34. And the Enoch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself or some other man? (laughs) Who is this that allows somebody to kill him? And he speaks nothing. Who is this? I love it. Verse 35. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. (laughs) Is this neat or what? This guy's looking for God. He goes to religion. He goes to the church services there in Jerusalem. He talks to all the leaders. He comes away empty and lost. He's got the Bible. He's trying to figure it out. He's reading in Isaiah. It makes no sense. A lamb that's not saying nothing but letting somebody kill him? What is that? Philip says it's Jesus. He began at the same scripture and he preached unto him Jesus. Is that neat or what? Philip opened his mouth and preached to him. And I believe he just did it like this. This is God manifest in the flesh. I think he took him back to the virgin birth. Told him about the virgin birth. Amen? And he lived a sinless life. He grew up all man, all God, but he never sinned. And uh, he was unjustly condemned. But it was God's plan all along. He did it on purpose. God did. He did it on purpose. He was crucified. He died and was buried. And he rose again. And he was seen of above 500 different people after he rose from the grave. He's telling this guy. Can you imagine what's going on in this Ethiopian's heart? This guy's sitting there and his heart begins to... Yeah! This is it! This is the God I'm looking for! And then he ascended up in heaven. And he's sitting, I believe he told him this, he's sitting at the right hand of God. And he's just waiting for people like you, Mr. Ethiopian, who are wanting to know God. He's just waiting for you to come to that place in your life where you're sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired of your religion and your sin and the life that you're messed up in. Amen? And you get to that point Somebody tells you about Jesus, and like the lights come on, the curtain is pulled back, and it's just Jesus, and he's just waiting with open arms. I always like to say it like this. I think I said it last couple of weeks ago. It's like the train pulls up, the doors open up, Jesus Christ is standing there in that split moment of time when you know you're a sinner, you're lost. You're on your way to hell, and you need a Savior. Somebody tells you the story. The doors open up. Jesus says, get on! And you either get on or you don't. You get on, the doors close. 
on your way to heaven, never to get off. Never to lose your salvation. Is that wonderful? That's what happened to me. If you got something different, you didn't get what I got. Amen. I got saved. Amen. This guy, hey, the whole thing's happening right in front of this guy. And as they went on their way, they came to a certain water. The eunuch said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? He's not getting baptized to be saved. I believe he told him the whole story. After you get saved, you need to get baptized. How do you know about baptism unless Philip told him? So they've been talking. They come to a certain water. Look what he says. What doth hinder me to be baptized? I looked up that word hinder. It means this. What is going to prevent me, stop me from being baptized? Look what he says. Look what he says. And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. When you get saved, it's because you believed, not because you're baptized. Baptism always comes after salvation. So if you'll, if you'll let me, I'm just going to chase a baptism rabbit for a minute. Okay? Some people are hung up on baptism. And so I'm not going to go there, but I'm just going to talk you through it. Acts chapter 10, two weeks ago I was here, standing right here. And we got down to verses 30 through 40. Here's what happened. They heard. They believed. The Holy Ghost entered into them. Then they were baptized. After they were saved. Well, that's just one time. I'll give you another one. Acts chapter 15, the Philippian jailer. Remember that? Paul and Silas in jail. Midnight, they sang and prayed. And in an earthquake, the jail doors open up. <laughs> This jailer is going to kill himself. Paul says, do thyself no harm. He grabs a lantern. I don't know if it was a Coleman or not. But he grabs a lantern. He comes in. He kneels down beside Paul. And he says this. What must I do to be saved? Paul said this. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. He didn't mention baptism. The guy got baptized, he got baptized later. But Paul didn't tell him to get baptized. He said, just believe. Well, that's just two. I'll give you three. Acts chapter 18. It's the chief ruler of the synagogue. I ain't got time to go there. But the chief ruler, that's a big deal. He's chunking his religion. You got to take his robes off. <laughs> I'm done with my religion. How do I get saved? Here's what happened. It says this: hearing and believed and was baptized. He heard, he believed, got saved, then he got baptized. Baptism never washed away any sin. It's not the water, it's the blood of Christ. You hey those people that believe that baptism saves you, they don't read their Bibles. Amen. Over and over and over again it says, repent. 
Believe. <laughs> That's it. That's just the way it is. Look what happens. He commanded a chariot to stand still. They both went down to the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. When they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more. What happened? Now you can... This is what I believe. I believe Philip vanished. It says caught away. It's the same word. Hey, it's the same word used in 1 Thessalonians 4.17. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with uh, them in the clouds and meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. I believe he just vanished. The Holy Spirit said, Holy Spirit said, You're done. I got another job for you. Boom. It just says he caught him away, and the, and the eunuch saw him no more. Where'd he go? And then it says this about the eunuch. And he went on his way rejoicing. You know what he's rejoicing about, young people, old people? Those of you in live stream, you know what he's re rejoicing about? He found the living God of the Jewish people. Jehovah God, he finally found him. He got saved. It's Jesus Christ, the only way to heaven. He asked him to save him. He got saved. He even got baptized. He's going back to Ethiopia. You know what's on his heart and his mind? I got to tell them people back there. Hey, when I first got saved, I first got saved. First thought in my mind. I'm living in Nebraska. First thought in my mind. I got to move back to St. Joe. Tell my family. Tell my friends. I got saved. There's only one way to heaven. It's Jesus Christ. A lot of them didn't like it. <laughs> but I told them anyway. Amen? So, man, I'm done. It's early. Maybe I'll preach somewhere else. No. here. So, going to wrap it up. Here, we're done. We're letting you out early. You're here today. You need Christ to be saved. What do I do, Brother Mike? I'm in this room. What do I do? I'm not saved. If I died, I'd probably go to hell. I don't know God. I want to know God. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Okay. Here's what you need to do. We're going to have an invitation. What's that? We all stand. And then if you want to get saved, you come down here. Somebody will take you in a private room. Won't be an embarrassing type thing. They'll take you in a private room, open this Bible, tell you how Jesus can save you. Only take a few minutes. Wouldn't it be great to get saved? Wouldn't it be great just to, to be able to lay your head on your pillow at night and know that you're going to heaven? It's great, isn't it? Brother David is my grandson. Kid's always smiling. I've never seen a kid mad. That's, I don't know. You know why? Jesus Christ lives in his heart. Yeah. I'm done. If you need to get saved, you need to come. Amen. Let's stand. We'll have a word of prayer and have a song. If you're not saved, you need to come. I'll meet you.
right down here. We'll have somebody show you. Best thing ever happened to me, I got saved. Let's pray. Father, we just pray for those here, the sound of my voice. Maybe somebody on live stream, they could just call us or kneel down there, ask you to save them. But Lord, if there's somebody in this room today that needs to be saved, God help them to come today. Lord, nobody here is against them. Lord, we're praying for them to get this settled in their life and their heart. Lord, do a work. Do, a, do what only you can do, Father, we pray. And, and we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. As they sing...